Hello everybody, happy Friday and welcome to another Talkin' Jacks Extra. Today we were joined by Joe Goldstein of the Red Bulls News Network and Raising Red Bulls podcast on the BGN Network. Um, not really much of an intro here, it's just me, just Alex Warren. Uh, here's just a chat real quick um, before we get to that interview. Just wanted to update you on a couple of things. Uh, if you were following Goose on Twitter, you know he cut his head open playing soccer this week. So he's doing fine. He's got seven staples in his head. Um, he went up for a header and missed the ball, apparently, and smacked the other guy in the head and came out worse for wear. Uh, so obviously he's not great in the air. Maybe we should move him back uh, to the midfield. You know, get him get him away from some of that uh, aerial duels. He's a tall guy, not good in the air. We've seen it before. Maybe he's the next Caleb Calvert. You never know. He might have to start working out a little bit more, though. Uh, but, yeah, we got the New York Red Bulls game coming up on Saturday at 7 p.m. at the Matthews Sportsplex. Be there or be square. Uh, actually, I won't be there, so I'm going to be square. I have a wedding to go to. Sorry. Um, it's just going to be one of those things. It's going to be one of those summers. Um, lots of weddings and, uh, yeah, just not going to be able to make every game. But if you don't have a wedding to go to, you should be at the game, uh, support the team. It's, uh, it's only the third home game. It's going to be fantastic weather, you know, great. The pollen is in the air. You can feel, you know, the dustings everywhere, all over town. It's great. Uh, not really. It's horrible. Sneezing, itching, allergies, all that. Uh, but regardless, be there, support the guys, um, and hopefully the Independents will grab their first win of the season in this game. So that's all for me. Uh, we're going to jump right into this interview, and then uh, we'll see you on Saturday. Hey, everybody. We are here with Joseph Goldstein of Raising Bulls podcast uh, in the Red Bulls News Network. And I'm also here with Ben Gosshorn, my wonderful co-host. How's everybody doing tonight? Excellent. Good night to... Uh talk about soccer any good night is a good night for that i guess yes i i, I concur and i'm also doing very well it's been a good day that's good it's been a it's been kind of a hectic week for for me up here so glad to hear everybody else is doing well um joe so tell us a little bit about how the red bulls two season has gotten started obviously they're up you know i think around seventh place in the standings um seem, seems like it's been been a better start than charlotte obviously but uh what are you seeing <laughs> Well, I, I think talent-wise, this is probably the best team that they've had since the 2016 season. Uh, Tom Barlow has gotten off to a very fast start. Uh, having Brian White come in and, and spot start uh, has absolutely helped, and it's good to get him reps uh, as he's kind of struggled to get playing time in, in MLS. But uh, underneath is really, I think, the, the story of their season so far. The The defense has been... Uh, absolutely phenomenal, despite the fact that they haven't been able to get a shutout. Uh, Sean Nealis, who came in as a, a rookie uh, and is being loaned down to the USL side, uh, I, I don't think anybody really had expectations for him uh, in terms of of you know leading the team the way that he has. Uh, but he is a physically imposing force. He's very tall. He's I think six five, uh, and that's been a a huge thing missing from the Red Bulls two backline over the last couple of seasons is having a guy who can organize, who can get everyone on the same page and keep everyone focused. And you don't see that necessarily coming out of the draft very often, 
So uh, having him come down and do what he's done, it's revitalized Jordan Scarlett's career, uh, who absolutely wavered after having a phenomenal uh, debut season a couple years ago. Uh, and he's been able to to um, link up play with the the midfield a little bit, which has taken a huge burden off of uh, you know the transition moments that the Red Bulls really thrive in. Uh, and often they got caught uh, trying to pass the ball out of the back over the last couple of years and then would you know pay <laughs> through uh, getting punished on every counter opportunity, which I'm sure the independence fans know very well. <laughs> uh, but you know uh, overall, I'm really happy with what I've seen so far. There's a lot of um, you know uh, different personnel lining up from week to week, which is not you know a huge surprise for Red Bull too. Uh, but everyone that that comes out there, uh, puts in a, a very good performance, and overall the team is looking very good. So, what so far do you think has been the the mainstay, and what's really been uh, working well for uh, the Red Bulls so far? The biggest thing is uh, the attacking front. You know, whether it's Jared Stroud, uh, Tom Barlow, and Brian White. Uh, I know Ben Mines, who's you know he's had some injury issues but he he's come in and looked a lot sharper this season so far uh it's just whoever has been playing up front is is doing a great job and they're they're challenging back lines uh they're running at defenders and they're they're making the most out of those transition movements there's a lot of confidence in the group and obviously that translates well in front of goal uh a couple of guys who stepped uh, up to the plate uh, early on, uh, Marcus Epps from Philadelphia Union came in. He basically cameoed with the Red Bulls, too, but he was a real driving force uh, for what they were able to do in the first couple of games. Uh, Vincent Bezicourt, who really shouldn't be playing in the USL level anymore, uh, <laughs> you know, he could come down and, you know, he's, I believe he's still leading the team with chances created <laughs> and he only played the one match. Um, but uh, I, I think last year there was a little bit of um, a tendency from this team to try to, to only find scoring opportunities uh, by crossing the ball in or getting it up to uh, whoever was playing center forward. This year, there's a lot more fluidity in the attack. A lot more guys have uh, the ability to hit shots from outside the box. Uh, they like to combine. There's a ton of movement um, in, in the the last season, maybe two seasons, it's common to, for me to be <laughs> watching the match and yelling at, well, not yelling at the players themselves, but uh, yelling to fellow journalists about how I, you know, that player should be making this run and this guy should be doing that. And this year, there really hasn't been too much of that. Uh, these guys are very motivated. They understand the system very well. And I think that's a big credit to John Walnick and the work that he does with his squad. Because coming into the season, I think they had six players. Uh, and really, they didn't skip a beat at all and have looked very strong uh, even from preseason. And, you know, for Wollenek to be able to pull out those kinds of results year after year, I think it really uh, shows how much talent he has as a coach and the understanding that he has uh, in order to develop some of these younger guys. Go ahead, Ben. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, yeah, so as far as, um, I guess, worries you've had going into this season, um, have they been alleviated? I know you've only played three games so far with the 
with the, the season and the, that Birmingham game that was uh, postponed, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, but how is the the team? Because I know Hassan and Dom was one major player they needed to yeah. replace. You, you kind of talked about Neilis as well. Has he been the major replacement for him, or how has that looked? Yeah, absolutely he has. Uh, I think that you know, the, coming into the season, there was a couple of things that I was really concerned about. Uh, Andrew Tanari, uh, losing him, I thought was a huge blow to the midfield. He did a tremendous job last year creating chances. I'm, I think he was either two or three in the league uh, in total in chances created. Now, they weren't doing a great job of finishing those chances, uh, but he was so instrumental in leading the line and creating a lot of these uh, transition moments that, that I brought up before. Uh, and he has this sort of bulldog personality. And when you lose someone like that, you know, it could be real disastrous for the midfield as a whole. I think Chris Lima has stepped up and done really well uh, in terms of, of playing more, more of an eight. Well, cause Tari kind of did it all. He was a six at times. He was an eight at times. He even played as a 10 last year. Um, and then, uh, a DC transplant, Jean-Christophe Kofi has come in and played, uh, you know, sort of a partner role with him and has done really well. And the two of them now, it seems, uh, they're kind of transitioning into, um, more of a, well, they call it a four, two, two, two. It looks more like a, like a diamond at times, or even a flat four, four, two, um, which has changed up the look. And I think, uh, you know, not necessarily having a guy who is out and out a number 10 has given them a little bit of uh, flexibility in terms of bringing in a guy like Brian White uh, who can help usher uh, the ball around. And then the uh, the other big fear that I had was that back line. We didn't know until late into preseason that Alan Yadis was going to be returning. Uh, he did speak to us at, at Red Bull's news network and say that they were working on something. But, you know, it was it was mostly uh, radio silence for a long time there. And so the only guy who was really going to be returning in the defense was uh, Jordan Scarlett, who I mentioned earlier had struggled for the last couple of seasons. Mm -hmm. Uh, He started out pairing with Hassan and Dom very, very well. But then, you know, between having uh, wingbacks who weren't necessarily defensively responsible and uh, trying to cover up some of the messes that and Dom created when he would wander or get caught in challenges further up the field. I think it exposed him in a couple of different ways. Uh, one, it, it left him responsible for uh, cleaning everything up in the back. Uh, and two, because Ndam wouldn't be there, uh, Scarlett was forced to kind of, you know, marshal uh, the, the box and be the strong presence in the air, which is something he does not do well. And so he was exposed there and it made it look like uh, maybe – uh, his time was going to be coming to an end and the defense as a whole would need to be sort of blown up and rebuilt. Uh, in step Nealis, and like I said, I, I, he's done such a great job in terms of of keeping everybody uh, focused and, and organized, and you're not having a lot of those defensive lapses that you saw last year. And on the outside, uh, we got this guy. He's got the greatest name. <laughs> his name is Reese Buckmaster. Yeah, uh, I, I love that name. That's a good we, one. We didn't know what to expect from him, but he's he's come in. He's really done a great job, and he came in as a, a natural right back. They moved him to the left side, didn't skip a beat. He's still active in the attack, maybe not as much as he could be uh, playing on you know his weaker foot, uh, but he, he's really done a great job defensively. Uh, Edgardo Rito has stepped in and uh, impressed. Uh, he was a guy that we didn't know about until late into camp, kind of like uh, – 
well, we knew about Giannis, but it was kind of late uh, to find out about Edgardo Rito coming in. Uh, but he's he's another guy who's just defensively responsible and, you know, not the greatest going forward. Uh, but I would absolutely trade those aspects for those wingbacks because there were so many issues over the last couple of seasons when you would have um, a guy like uh, Ethan Cutler playing on the outside. He was a converted striker, so he wasn't necessarily uh, adept at, at the defensive mindset. A great going forward, but so many chances were created because uh, he was out of position or uh, he would get beat. Uh, with the ball on the ground, which is a huge problem when you know you're going to play such a high line. So those were the two big uh, question marks I think coming into the season, and they've addressed both of them and you know really made a statement in terms of where they at with with, with both of those things uh, early on. I think uh, the game against Nashville in particular, I think, was a good you know litmus test for for where this team is. Gotcha. That's a lot of really good information. Um, so, you know, one of the things that Red Bull is known for is their academy. Are there any academy guys that are kind of coming through the the two team right now that we need to watch out for? Well, not strictly yet. We talked to John Wolinek about this uh, after the Memphis 901 match. Uh, and he said, you know, the depth in the squad right now is such that they really haven't had a chance to really think about who those guys they're going to be bringing in are. Um, but, uh, there's a couple of guys on the radar. John Tolkien is someone who, uh, I think at some point will come through. He's another, uh, defender who, uh, we've seen him a couple times, uh, still young, still kind of raw, but I, I think that he'll be able to make the jump. Uh, Kyle Zayetz, who is assigned with the team, is fresh out of the academy. He hasn't played a ton yet, but he occupies that same kind of role that I was talking about earlier with Andrew Tenari, where he adds a lot of bite into the midfield, despite the fact that he is also short in stature. Uh, he doesn't look like an imposing force, but he really he gets after uh, midfielders, and he can help sort of uh, calm down a game if, if the Red Bulls find themselves uh, lacking you know, possession or, or needing uh, to stuff out some more attacks. And then the other guy, again... He, he isn't strictly academy, but he's uh, brand new from the U23 team is Sebastian Elney. He's sort of a – he's playing as a, a wide striker, but he could also play that, that number nine up top. A little bit raw, but he's very fast. He's got great instincts uh, in terms of beating back lines and uh, isn't, isn't too bad in the air. So I, I would watch that. And then outside of those guys, there's a guy who came in from um, – the Red Bull Brazil side, uh, his name is Amarildo. He is a pest. We haven't seen too much of him so much because Tom Barlow is doing so well and Brian White is doing so well. Uh, but I think as the season goes on, he's someone who's, who's going to become a, a big time player. Good stuff. Is there, um, so it, after the, the road game was their first road game was postponed last week. Is there any concern that maybe the, uh, the the so many new players that you're talking about? Is there any concern that the chemistry is not going to be there for you know playing on the road? It, it's possible. Uh, you know, I think more than uh, chemistry, I think it's really a matter of experience because it's difficult to go into any environment and try to assert yourself. And the Red Bull system is so much about being the team that is in charge of the game. They really want to boss the game. So when you're young and you haven't really been in those kind of high-pressure uh, situations yet, 
uh, I could absolutely see that being, you know, a problem. Uh, we we don't have enough data, obviously, yet because the, the one match uh, obviously was postponed. But they were in control of that match, and I think they will rely on guys like Tom Barlow, Evan Loro, who's now you know seasoned veteran, mm-hmm. um, to kind of uh, focus the team and, and help them through it. Um, where maybe I would be a little bit concerned would be when we get into the June and July games uh, where, you know, you might start to have guys who are injured or guys who are performing well and then getting called up to MLS. Uh, and then we're going to really get a good idea of what the depth is like in the squad. So kind of for, we might have some new listeners who are maybe new to the independence uh, with all the new coaching staff and everything. So give us like a really quick uh, kind of briefer on the Red Bull system. Cause you mentioned that in your last um, kind of answering the question. So if, if, if maybe somebody's unfamiliar with Red Bulls as an organization, what is kind of the main uh, way that they like to play? Okay, so what they like to do is uh, attack very directly. That doesn't necessarily mean long balls, but it means playing the ball forward. I think something like f- almost 46 or something per- percent of their passes are played forward. So they look to strike very quickly. They're not going to hold the ball in possession and look to pull teams apart. They really just want to get after you. And then after they turn the ball over, the goal of the team is uh, to smother other teams out of possession and create scoring opportunities from those transition moments. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Well, that is all my questions. Uh, ben, do you have any more questions for Joseph? Or Joe, do you go by Joe or Joseph? You can call me anything. Okay. Uh, maybe, uh, maybe not Joey, but I think everything else is good. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, not Joey. I get you. So, what do you think will will what will it take for the the Red Bulls to pull out a victory here, uh, being on the road and whatnot? And and if the the Red Bulls were to drop points, what do you think uh, would be the reasoning behind that? Well, I think the big thing against a team like Charlotte is wing play. I think Charlotte struggled a lot in terms of the goals they've given up uh, have all, well, maybe not all, but a a large amount have come from uh, players getting to the end line and getting those cutback crosses. And those are super, super dangerous uh, for a side like Red Bull because Tom Barlow is really heating up. And uh, I think that, you know, despite the fact that he's a big body, he's better when the ball is on the ground. And so that really plays to his strengths where I think that uh, the game could get away from them is if they're not going to take care of possession with the ball, they have played the last two matches as kind of having two forwards up top, which is great. It, it gives them a lot of different attacking options, but it also means that there's one less body in the midfield. So when you're trying to press and trying to uh, keep other teams from passing through you, if they're patient and they're smart about how they move the ball around you can basically run the Red Bulls uh, ragged, and uh, by the second half, they become a little bit softer and, and more able to be played through. So that's one thing to look at. And then cheap turnovers in the midfield are always a problem with the Red Bulls, and especially uh, when they've played Charlotte in the past. And when you've got a guy like Dominic Adoro uh, playing up top, he's great at breaking those lines and, and getting in behind. He's got a lot of experience. And I, I, I've teased him in the past in terms of his ability to, to keep the ball on net. But uh, I think at this level, it's a little bit easier for him as, in terms of uh, making that uh, less problematic. And of course, Enzo Martinez, who I think is so smart about some of the passes he plays and you know 
because you mentioned this on the show uh, on Tuesday that he's he's a lot more defensively stout now and uh, tactically disciplined, which could be a big problem uh, if the Red Bulls are, are are sloppy at all in in their possession. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, yeah, Enzo has grown a lot, and like you said, uh, turning the ball over in the midfield. I feel like it's going to be a uh, common problem with the two sides, just with the lack of experience. And um, Mm -hmm. sometimes those young kids have to play through those mistakes. Um, But I'm really interested in this matchup. You know, Charlotte has been trying to implement this high press all season. It hasn't really come off yet. It's been really disjointed. And, you you know, we've seen a lot of breakdowns, like you said, where the ball's been getting getting out wide and then cut back inside. So I think this is going to be a really good test for Charlotte to see if they can finally – you know, put it together for 90 minutes. And, and you know, if, if they can avoid going down early, uh, I think Charlotte might have a chance to really compete in this one and, and try to get that first one of the season. Yeah, and I, I think when you look at uh, Charlotte, they're not a team that really gets down on themselves. Even when things aren't going that well, uh, they've been in pretty much all of the matches they've played. Uh, and that is another one of those things that you were talking about with a young and inexperienced team is keeping focused all 90 minutes. And that's something that the Red Bulls have struggled with in the past. So uh, that it's a very good test for them. Well, awesome. Thank you so much again for joining us. And I know Goose was on your show um, earlier this week. Just kind of remind everybody where they can find that uh, if they want to go listen to that. Yep, we're on bgn.fm. Uh, you can go to raisingbulls.com. Uh, our episodes are there. We're on every podcast thing that you could get, <laughs> yeah. possibly want. We're on all the platforms, uh, Spotify, iTunes, whatever. Uh, and if you want to follow any of the written work that uh, I've done, I'm the managing editor at the Red Bulls News Network. Uh, we have a ton of great writers. We're following the MLS side, the USL side. Uh, we're going to be covering the U23 side for their coming season in League Two. Uh, and of course the global team. So we, we try to get a little bit of everything. Oh, and, and the Academy, uh, <laughs> we covered too much, uh, but we have a lot of great stuff. We try to get a lot of, uh, exclusive interviews and, uh, good analysis from, from our writers. And that's at, uh, Red Bulls news network, rbnn.us. Awesome. We'll put links to that in the description. Um, so thank you once again, and I hope you have a great rest of your evening. Uh, you do the same and nothing but the best of luck for this weekend I just always like a a good match Mm. we agree with that we'd like to get the win but uh, if if it's entertaining we'll take it (laughs) yeah (laughs) alrighty take care 